Entertaining Crazy podcast with Alicia, Deb, and Sue, where each week we'll share our views from the middle. We're talking the ups, the downs, and everything in between of being a midlife woman in today's world. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. I'm Alicia, and I'm here with Deb and Sue. Hi, ladies. Hi. So November 11th to the 17th was Alcohol Awareness Week, and we thought this would be an interesting topic to chat about because recent studies have shown that women in midlife are the biggest consumers when it comes to female alcohol consumption, and it's steadily climbing, which is pretty interesting because we always assume it's the younger crowd that are doing all the drinking. So the question I have for you both is, do you think midlife women are drinking more? And if so, why do you think that is? Hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Deb? <laughs> Deb? Well, yes, I definitely think they are. I think there's probably many reasons for it. I think, you know, some of the common reasons may be we do use it as, you know, to unwind and relax in the evening. But I also think that more midlife women are going through divorce and I think it kind of changes the game a little bit I think they have more time they have a different lifestyle so they socialize different so I think they are probably going out more drinking more of course and I think nowadays women are making more money which develops more independence and I think in turn yeah they're probably consuming more alcohol I did read read an article today and it was written by a Calgary emergency room doctor mm. and he said he said there's an alarming rise in mid-aged women coming through those doors with alcohol related injuries oh yeah so even going as far as like fights in bar related to alcohol car accidents alcohol withdrawal I thought that was kind of interesting yeah that is interesting and I hadn't thought about that aspect of it no, me either. But yeah, I would agree. I think, you know, we're kind of maybe, or maybe it's kind of like our generation, you know, sort of that it, it's acceptable to go home and have a glass of wine in the evening or, or whatever. Whereas I know certainly my parents would never have done that when we were growing up. Yeah, I think we probably do drink a lot more. Yeah. I sometimes say I'm going to drink a lot more than I do because it, it doesn't sit as well with me as it used to do. Right. So. You know, I can kind of see how, you know, and there's been a few articles and things that I've read about a lot of women give up alcohol in mid midlife because, you know, they find that the hangovers are so much worse. It makes them feel really crappy. They don't sleep. They're already anxious and it, you know, exacerbates that. But yeah, I totally see how we could also be drinking more. Isn't it yeah. weird? It is weird. And, and I think it's more out in the open now. So it's almost more acceptable, I think, than you know, the generation before, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. I do think it's more socially acceptable now to be drinking. Yeah. You know, all the marketing has increased to target women. Mm -hmm. Movies depict women getting together and having fun. And there's always drinking involved. And look at Wine Country. I mean, we love that movie. And we wanted yes. to be in that movie, right? Yes. <laughs> you know, funny. they looked like they were having fun and they were drinking the whole time. But mm -hmm. I, I do think that... Uh, for a lot of women, 
drinking has become more of a self-medicating kind of thing, you know, where it's Mm -hmm. at the end of a busy day and it used to be maybe just to unwind and have a glass of wine. But I think women now are under a lot of stress, you know, and especially in midlife where it's hormonal changes, relationship pressures, financial work pressures, empty nest syndrome, aging parents, perhaps. And, you know, I think a lot of women are lonely, Mm-hmm. And plus, as we said, it, it's socially acceptable to drink. So, you know, we don't see it as a bad thing having a wine at the end of the day. And we joke about it quite often. Mm-hmm. It's cheap to pick up, a, you know, a bottle of wine on the way home. And because a lot of times it's happening at home, we don't know how much is being drank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I was just going to say that because, I mean, I was out last night and I had a 12 ounce. Does that sound right? 12 ounces. Mm -hmm. glass of wine it was one of the big ones now I have to admit I have no idea how much 12 ounces is yeah I just know it was a good size glass of wine but it was basically the same price as I could have got a bottle of wine for you know that's why you know quite often I will stop off and and get a, a bottle of something just oh well I'll just have a glass tonight and you know because you've opened the bottle you got to have a glass the next night the next night and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know because you don't want to waste it a lot of kids that grew up in the 60s and the 70s we grew up watching like british soaps like coronation street you know half the show was in a pub Mm -hmm. and you know it's perfectly acceptable to see adults drinking to socialize Mm -hmm. so we didn't see it as a bad thing well and i have to say when i was growing up my parents didn't drink an awful lot and like my mum says you know they they couldn't afford to because it was more expensive and so yeah when they were socializing when they had people over there would be wine out and then you know if there was a special occasion then there would be wine but it wasn't an everyday thing or you know even an every month thing Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting I I think you know when we see it on tv we're never shown uh, what those limits are Mm -hmm. I have a very difficult relationship with alcohol and maybe a difficult isn't the right word, but it's a very sensitive topic for me. And I think that's normal for anyone that's grown up close with addictions. Mm -hmm. Um, But I grew up with a lot of fear around alcohol and it almost became an obsession. And I think that obsession or anxiety or fear, whatever you want to call it, kind of stopped me from drinking. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be that person because I saw what it ha- what happened to families. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens a lot with people that have alcohol addiction in their family. Mm-hmm. And But my husband also grew up surrounded by alcoholism. And we both don't really drink at all. But he's never had an anxiety about it like I had. You know, I used to think there was something wrong with me because people would joke about, you know, going home and having wine or going home and having a drink. And I never felt that need to do that. Mm -hmm. So I almost felt like there was something wrong with me, which is kind of strange. But now that I'm relaxed about alcohol, you know, I know it's perfectly normal to have, you know, a drink once in a while. But now I find as I'm getting older, I'm not processing that alcohol very well at all. Yes. You know, and I was thinking, why do I feel like I have a hangover and I've only had, you know, one glass of wine? Mm -hmm. So 
I was reading about it and it was saying as a woman gets older, her organs shrink, making it harder for the body to process alcohol. Plus, as we get a bit older, we hold on to fat, which doesn't absorb alcohol at all. So it lowers your tolerance and it results in worse hangovers. I guess that makes perfect sense because if I have one drink, I'm usually drink a glass of water with it and I'm fine. But if I drink more than one glass or if I have two G&Ts or whatever, I feel like I've been on a massive binge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have to be really careful now. You know, in my late teens, 20s, probably right up until I had the kids, I was very much a binge drinker and I could put away a lot of alcohol. And my tolerance thankfully has gone down massively over the years but it got to the stage where literally a glass of wine and I would have a migraine before I'd finished it yeah and Mm -hmm. so when you've got that going on you kind of just think well I'm not really that bothered about it anymore not to mention the reflux that that I would have for about three days afterwards it was literally like I'd been pouring acid down my throat yeah. And it was just, you know, well, maybe I should kind of consider giving it up. And I was like, but, you know, every now and again, it's a nice way to relax. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. now know not to drink Prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> the bubbles do it to you, do they? <laughs> well, it's, for me, it's just too easy to drink. Oh, Like, it's something that I associate with a very good friend of mine. And, you know, it's something that we used to drink together and we could get through an awful lot of it. And now I can't. It it just hurts. <laughs> yeah, I have the same, the same problem. I, I haven't drunk in quite some time because two things happen. I get severe heartburn, which is horrible. Mm-hmm. And then I don't sleep that night. So I've put that pattern together. But I mean, when I was younger, I was... Drinking was a big part of my life as well. And, um, you know, all socializing was done around drinking. And Mm -hmm. if I had a function or something to do, I was that person that needed that drink to make me feel 10 feet tall. And that's what I did. I had to have a drink before I went anywhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it got me through those times. Yeah. Um, But then my husband and I, we would have wine quite often in the evening. But up until about, I think, three months ago, I was, oh, I can't do this anymore. So it's rare that I've had a drink lately. Not that I would like to. Yeah. (laughs) I would love to. (laughs) Well, and I think there's something... There's something about that, you know, the thought of, you know, having a nice glass of wine in the evening with your husband or whatever. And it just seems such a grown up thing to do. Yeah. And when you can't do it or it doesn't have the same effect on you, it's like you're missing out on something. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. You know, Deb, when you say you'd have to have a drink and it would kind of give you courage to go out and it would have the exact opposite for me. And it would make me just I would just want to go to sleep. So if I have one drink. And I mean, I used to binge drink as well, like we all did back, you know, in the party days. Mm -hmm. And I'd end up sleeping in somebody's car because (laughs) it would just put me to sleep. And I mean, I put myself into into very dangerous situations having Mm -hmm. that, you know, doing that. Yeah. But it would just knock me out. But and then I think once we had children, it just we didn't even have alcohol in our house. And it wasn't just something we even discussed. It just wasn't something that we ever did, you know, and maybe it is part to do with, you know, seeing alcoholism firsthand. I'm not sure, but it's 
only been in the last several years where I've actually relaxed around alcohol. And I remember we did a tour through Europe and, you know, we'd have a meal and then you'd have a small glass of wine. And that was wonderful. You know, you'd walk it off. And that's the kind of drinking I think is enjoyable, where uh -huh. you're doing it for the enjoyment and the that social part of it with a meal instead of, you know, needing to drink to have fun, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, again, I was one of those people where literally I, I would do the pre-drinking to kind of give me that confidence and, and things yeah. like that. And and like you, I got in myself into some situations where, thank God, we didn't have social media. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I think we've said that many times. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I would be some sort of hideous sensation. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a terrible thought. So I'm kind of really, really glad that I've got past that. And then I was just sort of thinking about it. And, you know, I, I don't know how many years ago it was now when, and I think maybe this plays into it, is, you know, we were told it was healthy to have a glass of red wine every night mm -hmm. as part of the Mediterranean diet. But again, you know, sort of like you were saying about, you know, when you're in Europe and you're kind of wandering around and you have a glass of wine and then you wander around a bit more and you do this and you do that. So when it's all part of that lifestyle, it's great. Yeah, one glass of wine can, you know, when you're sitting at home in front of the telly, one can turn into two, can turn into three. Yeah. So it's a bit different. You know, when you're having a glass of wine in Europe, it's a standard glass. You know, uh -huh. here we're drinking from these fish bowls. Uh -huh. And I actually did a bit of reading on this because I quite honestly didn't know what was considered acceptable an amount of alcohol. Uh -huh. According to the North American Menopause Society, because I checked on the midlife women and they use the guidelines from the National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism. Yes, I and have in those in front of me. There you go. So in the UK, they use units of alcohol, which mm -hmm. is really confusing to me because one unit doesn't actually measure one into one drink. Mm -hmm. But the North American standards a little easier because they measure in servings. Right. So mm -hmm. one drink is one glass of wine, but that's five ounces. So like you said, Sue, when you had a big glass of wine, which is 12 ounces, that's mm -hmm. two and a half drinks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. we don't think of that when we say a glass of wine. It's like, oh, I only had one glass of wine. Well, that could have been three servings in that mm -hmm. glass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's it's interesting, actually, because when I used to work in uh, public health in the UK, like I knew the alcohol units for everything, like mm. literally everything, because I was so used to think, you know, and like, the, the health promotion work that I did, you know, I would I would be talking to people about how much they were drinking and things like that. So for me, I still think in terms of units, you know, and sort of like, okay, that's a beer, that's stronger, that's more units than that. So I still can't wrap my head around how much booze that 12 ounces is. It's mm -hmm. just, I looked at it and I'm like, that is a good chunk of a bottle. Yeah. Yes. When I looked at that today and it said one glass of wine is five ounces, rarely do you ever drink five ounces mm -hmm. that's not yeah. even an option right it's six or nine right. yeah I think you know when certainly when we were younger there wasn't the same variety of glasses you know not everybody was kind of looking to make these lovely fancy like you say fish bowls and it was a fairly standard size and you would go out to the pub or the restaurant or whatever and it would still be that regular size yeah. so 
like all of a sudden I don't know whether it's like a decorative thing or it's just trying to fit as much booze into one glass as possible. I don't know. I was kind of surprised because I'd never really thought about it before. Because, you know, one shot of spirits is one shot of spirits. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's not the size of the glass or anything. It's just one uh-huh. shot and one can or one bottle of beer or cider is one drink. So I think it's with wine where we get into trouble. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing is as well, I, I don't know if, you know, you're like me in this thing, but if I'm out socialising and somebody keeps filling my glass up, I have no clue at all how much I've had. And I would do the same if we have people over for dinner or whatever, or whatever. I would be, you know, saying, oh, you're ready for some more and topping it up and things like that. Unless I know the driving, in which case, you know, right. that does not happen. But yeah, when it's a bottle, it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's gone. Let's have another one. And that's being a good host, right? That's what you think, mm-hmm. you know, that's you're making you're sure. Told. I did look this up. What is low risk drinking compared to heavy drinking? And they say moderate low risk alcohol consumption is around seven drinks a week. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody drinks five ounces of wine a night. I, yeah. I don't think they do no. anyway. Anything more than that is considered heavy drinking. Yeah. And then they consider binge drinking is four or more drinks within a two hour period. I think it's safe to say we were all binge drinkers back in the day. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you drink until you get drunk Mm -hmm. or fall asleep in somebody's car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, you know, I look back to those days and I'm like, how did I do it? I mean, at my best, I'm five foot three and and I drank an awful lot. And in fact, it's... It amazes me sometimes when I think about what I put my body through. It's it's quite amazing that my liver still functions. You know, it's not, I mean, I had a, a lot of great nights out, but I would never do that again. Like if I could go back and do it, I would totally rein it in. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the benefit of hindsight, isn't it? That's well, right. Just means you're a grown up now, Sue. <laughs> oh, well, you know. Nearly 47. I had to get there eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's true. I was researching a little bit on this and the internet is full of books being written, blogs being written of people with serious alcohol issues and women, a lot of women who have, you know, waking up one day realizing that they've got an issue, you know, they've, they need to do something. And I'm not sure where I got this information from, but somebody wrote down signs that not that you're an alcoholic, but maybe that drinking is maybe becoming a problem for you. One of them was a hard time controlling the quantity. So, you know, if you tend to drink one glass, but always end up drinking a lot more, Mm -hmm. people mention things you did or said that you have no memory of. Waking up on more mornings than not feeling hungover and groggy. You know, you used to need just one drink to unwind, but now you're needing a lot more or you've tried to quit and couldn't stick to it. Or if you can't say no when alcohol is being offered. And as I said, none of this means you're an alcoholic, but it does mean that it might be time to reevaluate your choice before it becomes a bigger issue.
if you stick to that low moderate risk alcohol drinking, which is seven drinks a week, no more than three a day, there are actually some benefits. And we've always been told that, you know, one glass of wine is really good for you. And it is actually beneficial. And for midlife women, it can significantly lower your risk for coronary heart disease, lower risk of type 2 diabetes, lower risk of dementia than those who don't drink. It lowers your risk for stroke. It can keep your bones stronger and it lowers the risk of becoming obese. But, you know, the bad news is there may be a very small risk of breast cancer and other cancers. It can trigger hot flashes in some women, although other women experience less flashes. So it's definitely not a definitive problem. It can Mm -hmm. interfere with your medications and... If you are suffering from menopausal depression, it can definitely increase that. Mm-hmm. It's so ridiculous, really. You know, sort of, we were saying before about how we, we drank to kind of take away, you know, sort of the anxiety of going out and things like that, and so that you could be, you know, more social and things. But like I say, it, it does mask those symptoms of anxiety and depression. And I know when my anxiety was really bad, if I had a drink, it made my anxiety so much worse. Mm you know, so, so much worse. And like, I would feel awful. And, you know, sort of that was really off-putting for me because I I didn't want to feel like that at all. And, you know, when we know already that in midlife, you know, we have perimenopausal women that already don't realize the the hormonal changes and everything that's causing the the way that they're feeling. So, you know, if you think, well, I'll have a drink and that's going to make it better, then like you say, you're just risking exacerbating a whole lot of symptoms that, you know, could be much better managed mm-hmm. if you knew about them. Oh, absolutely. I think that the difference is not how you drink, but it's why you drink. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big question, because if you are drinking in a social setting and you're having a glass of wine and you're socializing and you're having a meal, that's completely different. But if you're going home with your bottle of wine and you're pretty much finishing that bottle of wine, there's a reason why you're doing that. You know, our behavior is driven by our emotions. So there's something going on that you probably need to address because the drinking's not masking it and it's not making it any better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, like, Deb, it was you that was saying, you know, you sleep so badly after a glass of wine. Yeah. Last night, I could not get sleep. And it was like really annoying because I was so tired and I really wanted to go to sleep. And yeah. at two, I was like, you know, kind of looking around. It's like, okay, got to be up in four hours. <laughs> and that really sucks because, you know, you have that glass of wine to relax. Mm-hmm. And that's the last thing that happens. Yeah. yeah. I was like, no, look at me. Wide awake. What can I do? Come <laughs> vacuum. Party. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that definitely affects my sleep too. Yeah. And I used to think it was just because I'd had too much to drink. But yeah, when it's only one glass and it's affecting my sleep, I'm like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. I think, you know, it all comes down to everything in moderation. And that definitely applies when it comes to alcohol. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And drinking should be an enjoyable experience and not a necessity. So as soon as drinking becomes a necessity or you find yourself drinking more than you should, Maybe it's time to address it because you don't want to end up in the emergency room. Like, Deb, I was really surprised that you said that because that's mm-hmm. never something I actually even thought mm-hmm. about. No, I was quite stunned too when I read that article today. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. It seems like it's more and more women, right? We always yeah. associate, you know, that kind of thing with men, but... Mm-hmm. 
the good thing too, though, is there are a lot of resources that can help. And there's a really good website called Rethinking Drinking. And I'll put a link in the notes for that, because I think it's one of those things where, you know, people don't want to admit to themselves that they might have a problem. But I do know lots of women are going dry for a month or dry mm -hmm. for a couple of months, you know, and yeah. those kind of websites where it's rethinking drinking can really help if you're thinking about, you know, stopping drinking for a while. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think like you say, I mean, when you start to miss it, um, you know, if you've not had a drink for a day or two and you're missing it, then it, it's definitely time to kind of do a bit of thinking around what you're doing and, you know, how you're using alcohol. And I have to say, I, I can go weeks and not drink anything. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it's just like, you know, I would just really fancy that. And so sometimes I have to say, I just go and buy, you know, those little bottles that are like one glass. or Like you get on two. the aeroplane. Yeah. Yeah, yes. sometimes I'll just go and get those. That's a good idea. Can you show up at somebody's house with one of those? <laughs> <laughs> what, for a dinner party or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I brought you a gift. As long as you're, you're allowed. Popping, as long as you're not popping them out of your purse. <laughs> I guess we have to rethink our wine country outing. Well, I'm just thinking, you know, the advantage of going wine tasting is you don't get very much wine. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's just kind of a bit. And so there are still advantages to that. But, yeah, I think we, we would need to keep it brief. OK, so we need to go on a short wine country tour. Yeah. In our minibus, as long as we can sing. Yeah, probably a day. Any yeah. longer than that's going to be trouble. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So we'll just keep it short then. Yeah. And can we have matching t-shirts? Absolutely we can. Okay. We'll have to plan that right now. Yeah. That's the matter. <laughs> okay. So until next week. Bye. 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 Before you go, we legally have to tell you that all the opinions and information we share on this podcast is based on our own personal experiences and should never be taken as professional advice. We may sometimes sound like we know what we're talking about, but the Taming Crazy podcast is for entertainment purposes only, so please consult with a qualified professional for any and all health advice. Thanks for listening. Bye.